Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special Femmon episode. This is our hundredth episode, and it's woof, so woof. amazing. Woof, woof. Let's do a shout out to all of us amazing women in the Femmon Collective for all the amazing work that we've done. Hundred episodes. I'm pleased to say that I think you're all amazing, and all of your episodes are like the best thing I've ever heard because I'm biased, and I'm okay with that. That's allowed. Um, and so we've gathered here a coven of yes. witches i hope you're all right with me calling you that vampires i will only refer to us as a coven medusas like strong powerful mythical women for the hundredth episode where we asked our listeners to submit us some questions are we ready to dive straight in yes we're ready Yes. yes right okay i'm gonna do the first one so the first one comes from the lovely feminist ally spider dan and funny enough this is exactly what his question is about what can someone do to be a better feminist ally i i love this question and i have had conversations about this with my partner and i remember having a conversation with him about this after the death of sarah sarah everard a couple of years ago, um, she was literally just picked off the street, off an incredibly busy London street by a police officer and then, like, brutally murdered. And so he was talking about, because it started a conversation around, you know, um, the women's safety and how, how, it, how it shouldn't just be our responsibility. Oh, well, you know, because what they were saying was Sarah did absolutely everything that she could have done to not get murdered like she wore running shoes she was only out at night at like 9 p.m she was on the phone to her partner but she still you know she she still got picked up and brutally murdered and so it kicked off a conversation around it should not be the responsibility of women it, it like men need to take responsibility for this um and so what I was saying to him was as hard as it may seem it's so important to be able to call out like as a man to be able to call out your friends if you spot them sort of spouting sexist nonsense like and and it's only and I'm I'm not even a man but being able to call out your friends is only something that I've been able to do or felt that I've learned or, or or felt able to do over the last sort of two years or so because it's really, really hard to like go against the grain if you're not used to doing it. But like sometimes, sometimes it's those small, those small like um, what seem like small actions, like just like actually, mate, no, I don't think there's any need for that. Or actually, I disagree with what you're saying because of X, Y, Z in, you know, which should be hopefully a safe and friendly environment that that might make in the long term, like the biggest impact um because everything feeds into the patriarchal world that we live in and so yeah if that makes sense it definitely does and i think that one i when you ask this ria two things came to mind one is that the definition of feminism doesn't seem to be clear to many people <laughs> and they a lot of men have trouble saying that they are feminists because they don't quite understand what it means. And I would say, physically look it up in the dictionary so that 
it sticks in your brain that all it really means is that you think that women are equal to men. That's it. They are equal to men and should be treated as equals. And if you have trouble with that, then you need to examine why. You need to look into why. If you want to be a better feminist ally, consider why this concept makes you uncomfortable. And then separately, this how to be a better feminist ally, I would say the same advice I give people who want to be allies to, to anyone. Read material written by the people that you're trying to support. Watch media written by and for the people you're trying to support. Try to understand where they're coming from and why, why that's their perspective. And then ask questions, listen to the answers, be open to them. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that you said that, Tanya. I was thinking the same thing. My answer would be for anyone who's interested in being any kind of ally to anyone is listen and believe them. I think that's, that's, it's sounds really simple, but it seems I've been in so many conversations in my life where I state facts about myself and people question the truth of those facts um, instead of just saying nothing, nothing is fine. <laughs> nothing is an appropriate response. Um, or I'm sorry, or wow, thanks for sharing that with me. Or that means a lot to me that you trust me enough to share that with me or just nothing. But I think that that that's the thing I come up against time and again, because I do think I'm at a stage in my life where a lot of people know what I'm about and who I am. And so they don't say offensive things to me around me um, because they know I'm not going to be good with that. But I do still hit up against the default being, but what about? And I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in a perpetrator's point of view. I I don't care. So I think if you want to have those conversations with somebody, don't have them with people who have been victims of those perpetrators, people who look like them or identify as them. So I think that's a, I think a lot of guys want to have conversations with women about assault and uh, domestic violence. And we don't want to have those conversations with you. Yes, to all of that. And um, I just want to, I just want to go back to what you said, Jess, about the recency of your growing to feel comfortable, like correcting your friends, certain friends. And that resonates in particular, because it's like, it's a very different environment if it's, you know, like five women hanging out or if it's, you know, me and if it's me and five dudes and be like, Hey, you should check yourself. That sucked or whatever. Um, because it doesn't so- feel safe. It doesn't, it's not, which I think is important to say out loud. And Mm -hmm. I think some men don't understand it literally does not feel safe to us. Um, So I think that's a particularly poignant role that other men, that men can play. Um, Yeah. So that we don't always have to be the ones saying the thing. Um, And the problem is when men speak to so many men, that, holds more weight than when women speak so that may not be fair but since it is the case speak use that power to serve 
the women you're trying to protect. And if for no other reason that you just want to lighten the load for us. Yeah. Great question, Dan. Yeah, Yeah. it's a good question. Yeah. And, you know, it's all uh, when you're speaking, there's been a thing that's been going around on. I've been noticing on Instagram recently. And I did take a screenshot of it and I obviously can't find it because I've got a million pictures of of cats on my phone. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, And it's, you know, when. Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) And it's and so I'm going to not be able to attribute it to anybody. And I'm also going to butcher it. But it's um, sort of, you know when you're a man and you're saying oh well not all men okay well tell us what activism you're doing tell us when you're speaking out to your friends when they're doing things tell us what charities that you are um donating to because all you want is praise for not raping a woman in a park and it's like you know it sums it it sums it up like your silence is makes you complicit you're asking us to do the heavy lifting for you makes you complicit and that's not our job with everything, with with racism, with ableism. It is not the people of those groups' job to educate other people. You need to go and do that out yourself, do that yourself, do that work yourself. That makes you an ally. And that is hard. Like, you know, I'm I talk about my feminism a lot. I talk about how I believe in equity, equity, not just equality. And I have to go and learn things myself and educate myself. And I make mistakes, but that's okay. And you have to continue to do this. It doesn't stop just because you're going, oh, I've, I've got a wife, a daughter, a sister, a mother. I don't go and do these things. That doesn't absolve you from the patriarchy and you are still being active within the patriarchy so you know you never with anything you never get to the end you've always got to continue and learn you've always got to listen and believe from the smallest things you know unfortunately those daughters yeah yeah (laughs) and like unfortunately we're not believed in the big things about sexual assault um, but also not believed in about in the little things that when you're at work and a man talks over you or repeats your exact idea. And I've had men in my life go, oh, well, that just always happens, doesn't it? Yeah, to me, because I'm a woman. <laughs> so, yeah, it does yeah. always happen. Can you put two and two together? And it's just all these little things that build up and they make our lives exhausting. They make our lives absolutely exhausting. So take your time, think, listen, believe call other people out I do believe you have to feel safe to do that but also hey maybe don't feel safe because I don't feel safe all the time so um you know just do something just be there do something I love what you said about be silent sometimes just shut up this is not your conversation (laughs) if you can't Barbie if you can't talk about Barbie without being like "Eh, but it's about women then this is not the conversation for you jog on and obviously I'm being very reductive there but (laughs) (laughs) I'm very aware but it's just like just be quiet this isn't for you and that's okay it's okay for you to be quiet and sit and listen you don't always have to have the answer men love having the answer you don't have to have the answer that's okay you can be wrong we are not gonna burn down your house and ruin your lives if you say something wrong (laughs) I mean Tonya might but you know but <laughs> depends you, on what you say really yeah, <laughs> obviously yeah but also like admit it as well because feminists want to bring you on the journey it's for us all it's to make the world better for everybody sure I do want to 
visit some harm on a lot of you, which I know is not the most mature response. <laughs> but also... Visit some harm is a very nice way of putting that. That's a very civilised way to say you want to yeah. fuck them up. But okay. Also, <laughs> yeah. well, we want the world to be better for everybody, you know, you and, and, for, and for the next generation and sons and daughters and nieces and nephews and the children in your life who are going to inherit this world from us. So, like, come along on the journey with us. That's what I'm going to end my rant. <laughs> I could feel that it was going to carry on going. It's okay. I love what you said. It's, you know, okay, so you're not someone who's making it worse, but what are you doing to make it better? Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which is something we all ask ourselves if yes. we're participating in this society and we want to make it better. What are we doing? It's not like just because I'm a woman, I get a break. There's plenty of things that I still need to educate myself about and become a better ally about. Right. So, I mean, that's the work. Yeah. We all should be doing it. Yeah. Always. Oh, we could do a whole episode on this question. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Okay, so the next one is from Dave Horrocks, and it's what are you most proud of with the FEMON initiative? Oh, that's easy. I get to be a part of it. Mm. <laughs> that emotion. Yeah. I have an answer that's longer than that, but I agree with that answer. Um, I, it has been such a joy and privilege for me to reach out to people who I want to talk to and say, Hey, I'd like to talk to you. And I am, I am like emotionally moved by the responses. I, I, people are not women are not used to having people reach out to them and say, I'd love to talk to you about what you're amazing at or what you love or, and it's just, I I, I don't know. It's been a real, that's the goal, right? It's a collective. Mm -hmm. And that's something you talked about from the beginning, Rhea, and that's what brought us together, but seeing it in action in every conversation, but also in like Sarah Blair, who we're going to bring on to have a few episodes or however many it ends up being like, I want to hear what she has to say about linguistics and language and, and to have an opportunity to pass the mic and not just in my own life, but in a larger way, it's, it's incredible. So thank you, Rhea, for reaching out to all of us and being the catalyst for this whole enterprise. I would agree. Thank you, Rhea. This is, um, I was so chuffed when you asked me, I, I was actually, although, so I, I also, I'm like, when I read this question, I was like, I'm proud of myself because mm. when I, when Ria first, um, when Ria first asked me, I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. And then um, we had our little email exchange and like, I think I dropped in a weird comment about like, uh, um something to do with fluffing my tail feathers because I'm so excited to chat with you all and afterwards I was like oh my god I'm gonna be the weird one and then I I met you all and I won't lie at first I did feel like I felt in awe of all of you which meant that I felt very like I felt I felt quite overwhelmed because I felt like you were all very well accomplished and all doing the things that I, I would I would love to do one day and I therefore was kind of being like I was kind of like what am I going to bring to this like 
it, it all fell a bit it all felt a bit much but I'm proud of myself for just like not not being like actually this isn't for me like no thank you and just kind of pushing through that getting to know you all and also I've 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 through this I am now a more confident person I can reach out to people and just be like hey like I just saw this thing on Instagram your work looks amazing I'd love to chat to you about it and that is such a that's a big deal for me because it's 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 not something that I think I would have felt able to do a year ago that and also I have confidence in myself to have conversations with people about things that I might not necessarily be the subject expert on and so but I'm but I'm okay with just coming to the table with my honest opinion even if that honest opinion is not I have the answer to this or you know here's a very well-informed point of view my honest opinion is is sometimes raw and 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 a, and a bit all over the place but I'm okay with that because I know that that's still a valuable opinion and I've only really learned that through doing this and so I'm proud of myself for like not giving up on this because it's been so cool to get to know you all and I've learned a lot from you all but I've also like I've 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 really grown is like in my confidence and my and and my ability to just like meet new people and have conversations where I'm not constantly worrying about being right or 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 what I'm saying being you know being the being the right thing to say so yeah thank you very much Jess everything that you said just hit hit my heart I feel you I feel you um I like did a podcast with Tony Farina for the first time and he's like you're an actor this should be great for you and I was like I don't know about podcasting like I don't don't know about that I'm really not sure and then I joined you all here and I and similarly just to what you're saying I I feel a lot more confident um recording myself put like putting my work out there uh somewhat somewhat more confident um and I would say reaching out to people that I don't already know um because they're because they're interesting like having a having a reason to reach out to somebody and say you know, it make it gives me a reason to reach out versus just saying kind of like, oh, hey, this is really cool. It's like, oh, this is awesome work. And I would love to talk to you about it on this platform. Um, so yeah, I, I too am real proud of myself. Um, and I, one of the things that is my favorite thing about this collective, this group, one thing that I am proud of about us and that I love um, is the way that we show up to these shared spaces of email, Discord, Zoom, with just the care and the compassion for each other. Some of us have never met in person and we're showing up and we're like setting our phones aside or we're coming here and we're really just like, you know, being in community together. And I I don't always... I don't always see that in other work environments. I haven't always seen it in other art collective environments and just the energy that the energy is infectious. I I feel energized by our gatherings when we come together and we talk and we're creating something, the enthusiasm and the creativity and the ideas just feel um, 
they flow. And I just, I'm proud of that. And I, I love it. And that, that's it for me. It, it's community. There's lots of other things in terms of my own skills, my own confidence that I'm really proud of. But this is what I envisioned when I approached you all. And to see that happen, for me, is very rare in my life because, you know, normal everyday life gets involved. We've all got jobs. We've all got other creative projects going in. And whenever I see, well, mostly here, you all expanding on that idea that I had, it just fills me with something I'm not sure. I'm about to cry. Um, I'm not sure I've ever felt before. Like, I wanted this community and it was so funny because it was you four and I knew it I knew it as soon as I started meeting you I still remember like the first time I heard from you on other podcasts or you know people introduced me to I remember them I was thinking this the other day um you know or Jess when I first met her I remember my very first meeting with Jess I came in for a job interview and we talked about my tights um Uh, you know it's things like that and and so when I had this idea and I was so burnt out and I was like but there's something I want to do and I don't know how to get there and I approached you all and you all just like grabbed it and you were like yes let's do it and then exactly what you said Ada like every every time we meet up you're here and the support and the love and the talent and then you just expand that to all these other people and I get to hear you and I get to hear these amazing conversations that you are having and I know you don't all listen to every single episode, but I do. And it makes my life better. And I cannot believe I get to surround myself with you. And then you're bringing more people in. It's just like the, the best thing. I love my husband and child. <laughs> it is the best <laughs> thing outside of that, that like in my life. And it's so wonderful. And I have, and yeah, you know, I talk about it with my other half of that, that if, one of you was like, actually, you know, I want to go out and do this on my own. 100, 100% support you. What can I do to get you there? What can I do? Like, and I find that that's such a rare feeling as well, you know, and I just, I kind of, like, anything that you want to do, I will support you. If you turn and said, I don't want to do this, I want to go and do this different thing. And you dropped out of the collective, I am there for you. Unless you're like an absolute knobber um, about it. And then I'd be like, we don't want you anyway. But like and and as women, it's so hard to find that community. And I just, I just, and that's it. I just, it's so amazing. You're just brilliant. I don't know where that was going. I really wish I'd thought that answer through. I just got really overexcited and emotional, that was a, didn't I? That was a perfect answer. You almost answer. made me cry. Yeah, you almost <laughs> yeah. made me cry as well. That was I'm perfect. proud that we've made a hundred episodes of audio yeah. together. And a hundred something. This time and, last year, we were just talking about how are we going mm, to do this? Yeah. No. And now we've done it. Yeah. We've and, done and, it. Really and it's really. awesome. Our con- like the episodes that I, the episodes that I, that, that we put out are awesome. They're amazing. You're so yeah. amazing. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> I am just so grateful to be a part of this collective because I feel that we elevate each other. So often, you know, you go into a room and you have to be the voice for everyone else who doesn't get a voice. Like it falls upon you, whether you feel safe in that room or not. If you don't speak up, if you don't say something, no one is going to. And I don't feel that way here. I feel like we have each other's backs and we have 
the people outside of this room too. Like one of us will speak up and say, hey, let's think about this perspective. Or what if we tried this? Or how about this idea? We elevate each other. We make each other's material better. We make each other's shows better. And we make each other's lives better because we influence how we think outside of our shows mm. and how we tackle things. And I'm proud that we are making a difference within each other's lives and that that is creating a ripple beyond us. Thank you for that question, Dave. You made us all emotional. Yeah, uh, you did. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Dave from Comics in Motion. Um, next up, we have the wonderful friend of the pod, who I think has been on all of our shows, probably, Tony Farina. A Tony has got one which, like, you don't have time for my list, but who is the <laughs> feminist... <laughs> Who is the feminist icon beside the five of you, obviously, that you'd most wish to have on your show? I I so, so want to talk to Aubrey Gordon of Maintenance Phase because not only is she um not 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 only is she feminist in the way that she approaches almost like basically every subject that I listen to her discussing on various platforms but mostly it's her podcast maintenance phase um she is especially like the voice of um voice of fat people and she she talks a lot about anti-fat bias and she's given me so much she's she's given me the ability to be able to talk to other people about all these tangled up emotions I have on this subject but she does it always with that element of equality, which is everything that feminism is about. Because uh, she's also she's also a queer person, and so she comes at it always with in, uh, with a view to intersectional feminism. And I love everything that she does. I love all of her work, and I would just love. But I think if I did sit down and talk to her, I think I'd just cry the whole time because <laughs> because. Growing up with a with with a with a mum who is fat and having to watch her, her navigate this world, like Aubrey has literally been able, allowed me to like d- the deep like f- get through all my all my all my emotional stuff and be able to talk to people using the right language and 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 putting forward arguments that can that can help people understand where I'm coming from when it comes to why we shouldn't treat fat people like shit. So yeah, I would love to speak to Aubrey Gordon. I think I'm going to go old school. I'm going to say Gloria Steinem because um... I wanted to get in before you to say that <laughs> because I I had the the privilege of actually meeting her and I have never fangirled out to the extent that I did when I met her and I've you know been around lots of famous people but I just in that moment and I met her um, right before the 2016 election when we all thought Hillary was going to win. And um, it was so emotional seeing her. And um, I just think she's very inspiring. And she was so gracious to me when I was being a complete nitwit um, and, (laughs) you know, took a picture with me and, and she knew like, and how many thousands women have had that exact same response and she knew I'm going to cry just like thinking about it um 
she knew how much meeting her meant to me. And she was able to hold space for that. And I, it was incredibly impressive. And the woman she was with who may or may not have been her assistant or was obviously like, okay, lady, you know, but she was like, of course, I'll take a picture with you. Like, that's the one thing I'd love to do right now as if, but she, she was just lovely. So to be able to talk to her would be a gift for sure. That's wonderful. Like just that you had that experience is so amazing. Yeah. I was like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. I mean, she was, <laughs> she was right there. And, uh, and I was like, should I talk to her? Should I talk? To it was like, and what grace know. that she showed, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Uh, she really showed how it's done. And I'm sure that fuels your ability to keep going and keep fighting and doing all of this because she didn't say, look, I don't have time for you lady. <laughs> right. Like you're just some fangirl, you know? It's right. Like, uh, and she cared as much about the election as I did. It probably more. Mm. <laughs> and to share that sort of, there was so much hope at that time. And I think also just thinking about that makes me emotional. Mm. But she well, keeps it's... going and she's very good at the long view. And I think it would be great to talk to some it's I appreciate the wisdom I have from living longer hey, and it's not too late to reach out <laughs> <laughs> hi do you remember me <laughs> you don't even need to say that you just need I'm to kidding say I'm you're kidding. part of this collective and you would like to talk to her on the show and if you want to co-host an active activism let's do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> <sighs> okay noted <laughs> it's gonna be you next then Tonya <laughs> you know he didn't stipulate that the person had to be around anymore oh well then that changes the answer for sure my answer is eleanor roosevelt i would love to talk to her about what she thinks of the state of things right now <laughs> <laughs> and what she thinks that we should do i'm sure that she'd be like look women had this amount of power when i was here and look mm -hmm. what we were able to accomplish so let's go, let's organize. What can we do with this level of power? Because we have made progress. I would really like to hear her perspective because I just think that she had just great instincts. I'd like to hear her advice for how to move forward with equity and equality in mind. I'm putting an asterisk then for bell hooks. If we could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great choice. <laughs> I've already made my whole speech about Gloria, but I'm just saying if, if dead yeah. women are on the list, bell hooks would be <laughs> epic. I went back and checked the, the question. It was like, like to make sure. Didn't say <laughs> what current. <laughs> so I would argue that Eleanor Roosevelt is still, still an icon. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that I doubt. Her work lives on. Amanda Gorman. Great choice. Yeah, I thought about her too. On my list. <laughs> yeah, Amanda Gorman. Um, do I have a why? Uh, poetry in motion. That's why. <laughs> yeah, I love her. I love her poetry. I think um, we share uh, we sh uh, we share a birth name, a given name. Um, I just I would love to talk to her. I I just think that would be awesome. 
I didn't even think about dead people. I can't. <laughs> That's too much. I think about dead people all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I mean, my list is huge, obviously, but I'm going to go for somebody realistic. Maybe I'll be brave enough to tag them in this conversation. I won't because I'm terrible at that. Um, maybe, I don't know. I'll do a snippet. Oh, my God. So can I tag I Aubrey Gordon? Do you think yes. she's she people. Will someone tag Amanda Gorman for me? Since oh, I my God. Instagram anymore. Yeah. Can't be a judge of social media. Let's tag I'm Eleanor right. Roosevelt. You never know. Let's just tag <laughs> Eleanor Roosevelt. You never know. Hey, if you don't put it out in the universe, you won't get it. Exactly. So let's that put it out true. there. And are we not true. a coven here? Mm, that's right. <laughs> because, oh, we are a Roosevelt coven. Don't tell my other coven. They might think I'm stepping out on Sorry, Rhea, go. <laughs> well, and actually, Tony, who asked this question, and Alison are two people who are unwavering in their support in, and they do not have to do this in giving me confidence to do these sort of things. If it was not for those two people, I would not have interviewed Beth and Wolvin, for example, who's coming out in a future episode. Um, so because they have given me, I've stolen some of their energy and used it to give me some. <laughs> We've give given me some, it gladly. You've not stolen anything. <laughs> so actually, maybe I'm just going to be tagging loads of people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're like, who is this person on Instagram? Leave me alone. Um, so mine would be, there are so many people, huge, well-known names and other people like that. But mine would be Kirsty Lung, who is the creative director of the bra and clothing company um, Monk. And so they make this bras and they are all about body inclusivity and about feminism, obviously, and about equality and equity. And just they're so inspiring and they care about women and weirdly like the comfort of women. I have a large chest and... But it sounds so simple, but you know, but and 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 they care about people who have like sensory issues. I'm really doing a terrible job of explaining it, but go look up the brand Molk M O L K E. And Kirsty is very active in all of the stuff that she does, and she's just really inspiring. And it is about making one part of our lives that seems so small just a bit better. And I love that. And I love that she takes it seriously, but also brings a smile to all of our faces and tries to, but also doesn't part with anybody's shit, which I really enjoy. Like they just don't part with any of that, of the rubbish that you get with running a, a bra company, basically. And I love that. Um, and then another shout out is to, uh, oh God, then I have blanked on the name. I could Google it. I'm so sorry. I'll put it in the show notes. Is the amazing lady who started the charity Bloody Good Period. So obviously mm. period poverty is a huge thing. Um, and this, oh God, can't remember the name. I'm feeling really stressed and getting all sweaty now. Don't um, get stressed. I'm okay. just going to say something about bras while you okay, go on then. breath. Yeah, go on. You said it's like a really small thing, but I want to say that literally any every single person I know who wears bras it's they hate shopping for them so much it is like just it does not matter what size you are it does not matter anything it is stressful and it makes you feel weird and it's uncomfortable so thank you for a company that acknowledges that and takes it seriously because it matters it does matter 
it does. They matter. It's, you know, it's like it, it can make a difference in your day. Yeah, absolutely. So that's wonderful. I love that, Rhea. Yay. (laughs) She's amazing. Um, And then the other name, I'm less sweaty now, is is Gabby Edlin, who started Bloody Good Period. And basically, uh, she was just completely shocked that things like food banks, and you know how I feel about food poverty, don't have things like period products. Um, and started off just like tiny in like a room and built it up and built it up and built it up. And it's so important, the fact that girls and those who don't identify as girls and women who have periods can't access these things. The fact that we have to pay for them is atrocious. But then Bloody Good Period is all about sustainability as well and non-disposable products and the environment and things like that. And it's just... They're like these small campaigners who make a huge difference in people's lives. And I just think that's hugely important. We all know that for those of us who menstruate, it can have a huge impact on your life and stops people going to school, stops people getting the education they need, stops them going to work. Imagine being homeless and having your period and they do everything they can to tackle and help those issues and they're so vocal about it and they're also very cheeky and funny about it um and also what some people would consider would consider gross but fuck you we all have periods who have periods so deal with it <laughs> obviously if you don't have one you're jealous because it's amazing yeah. um i wish you could bleed every month yeah. and live it's Come on. so good Bria, it's interesting that you mentioned the homeless thing because i support a group an organization called Street Teens here, which is basically for homeless teens. And regularly they post their list of what they need right now, but on the list of luxury items, which would be things like lotion and you know things that aren't necessary, but they sure would be nice to have, are feminine hygiene products. Not luxury. Not luxury. Yeah, not a, luxury. <laughs> a luxury item. But because it's because of the state of the world. It's of not course, like they... Yeah feel it's just like okay we need food we need toilet paper we need tissues we need soap but hey if you are willing to give a little extra could you possibly donate feminine hygiene products because that stuff is not cheap and it no there are lots of homeless teens who are female and they need this stuff so that they can go to school you know Yeah. yeah absolutely it's it's my number one donation to food banks and I don't donate the cheapest products because we've all been there and they are horrendous. Um, mm-hmm. So if you can spend a few extra quids on the slightly nicer tampons and towels and cups and everything else you need in between, uh, I would thoroughly suggest that you do that because there's nothing worse than a cheap tampon. <laughs> Ooh, going back to Spider Dan's amazing question about mm-hmm. what can men do to be better feminists buy your people donate listen to what Rhea's saying and Tanya's saying about buying these products and act accordingly yeah (laughs) and I want to say Rhea thanks for bringing up two smaller things that started small with these small issues and just like that that appear small that affect half the world's population um and 
but I don't know. I just think sometimes we all feel overwhelmed and powerless and we don't know what to do. And there are very doable, actionable things we can do. We can donate. Start where you are. Yeah. You don't have to save the world, but you can save one person. You can make one person's life a little bit easier. And there are systems in place to help you do that. You don't have to create the system. Someone already did it. Yeah. Just contribute. This is turning into another episode of Active Activism. This is, is kind this of like a very every... special episode of Active Activism. Every and I'm proud of that influence, Dave. <laughs> oh, okay, right. So thank you very much, Tony. I think we're going to run out of time. We've got so many more. So Mike Burton of Genuine Chit Chat has given us a whole bunch of of questions some light Ooh. questions that we can breeze through right oh, sure. well it's i like think a lightning round <laughs> i think <laughs> the first one do you want us to do a three-hour episode like a genuine chit chat he does <laughs> you know he does <laughs> don't even he's going to be messaging us all now i better get a snack <laughs> It'll be a two-parter uh, okay Sorry. so i digress there's four questions i reckon we can crack through three of them so let's take the one that's a bit harder to crack through um which is this very first one which is are there different levels of feminism if so what are they oh here's your badge for level one (laughs) oh my gosh what would level one be called yes Yes, there are different levels (laughs) yes i I agree you guys can answer (laughs) i agree with tanya (laughs) you said a great answer yeah that would it's like harry potter sorry that's we don't want to talk about her her, but like there's different houses of feminism and there's different you know like there's womanism you can be a womanist yeah different covens Uh, to me it sounded like a multi-level marketing scheme like (laughs) (laughs) if we could bring everybody into the multi-level marketing scheme some women are more equal than others is that what you (laughs) (laughs) if you you buy enough sanitary it's already is that way yeah sadly yeah yeah, that is society called modern feminism (laughs) you know depending on how many how many feminine hygiene products you donate to the back, to the to the to your local food bank slash charity? You know, it depends on ways on our multi-level marketing oh, pyramid. What well, a grim um, world! Down, There's the people who pay lip service to it. They're the people right. who actually speak up, and there are people who apply the work. Yeah, and there's intersectional fem- feminism. Yeah. An intersectional feminist. Wow, that became a tongue twister. And those who are just like self-involved feminists. Yeah. Like, I would like to be paid more because I'm a woman and I deserve it. And people who are like, oh, this is actually a societal thing that we need to deal yeah. with. So everyone has a better world. And I also feel like feminism um, can feel the way that feminine fe- feminism feels, which is slightly different. Yeah, verbal. Um <laughs> Like, it, it, I kind of don't want to be explaining what feminism, uh, I, I kind of don't want to go into a big long thing about, well, no, no, there aren't different, well, or, or, or yes or no, or because this is what feminine, feminism is or isn't, because, um, like, people can do that themselves. Like, people can, like, look at the history of fem- feminism themselves. They can do, like, I'm not a scholar on feminism, but I am, you know, I'm someone who, 
very much believes in it and is affected by it. But what I will say is about how feminism feels and that as a woman and that that can change relevant to what's happening in my life. So like sometimes I'm like, like men are pigs and they should just give me free stuff because of the patriarchy. Um, <laughs> we but we also, had this conversation just yesterday, yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah. Like, 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 fuck you. I'd like to walk around at night by myself without getting murdered. Thanks. But, but then there are other times where I, where I, um, I, I think about, you know, there are other times where I've heard like, um, there's been, a male suit like a man has committed suicide or 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 or, um or i've 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 seen something about the sheer volume of men who are taking their own lives and i think hey i just i I really wish that men knew how much they would also benefit from feminism you know so i think (laughs) aside from the aside from whether there are levels feminism can feel like and feminism can feel different to different people at different stages of their life yeah I mean and that is why it's actually a good question because every feminist's journey is different because every person is different every woman is different every single person that goes on a feminist journey has different experience and have different has different lives and comes across different things within smashing the patriarchy at different times and I think that's always really important to remember I remember when I first discovered that I was a feminist um you know and I'd have friends who'd say oh I'd never call myself a feminist because it means you hate men and obviously I would lose my shit um because it's me Uh, (laughs) but like that's not the right approach you know that's not how it works and you can't judge other people Um, you can't but you can't judge other people (laughs) (laughs) for their road on that journey and then where they are at certain times and there's no such thing as a perfect feminist there's no such thing as a perfect anything and I can get as somebody who's likes to get annoyed about things and shout about it and tell people they're wrong. Um, one of the biggest learnings I've been, I've I've worked on in my feminist journey is about listening and learning and understanding, taking things at my own pace, letting other people go at their own pace and just being inclusive and listening to other people. You know, somebody of a different race than me their journey's been so so different trans women's journeys have been so so different and we can't judge them against a standard feminist because that's not how it works very well said yes you're here okay so what other light yeah okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) everyone give us more fun ones Ria's question style come on Um... (laughs) I know I was hoping for one that was like what's your favorite kind of amphibian (laughs) great something Google's amphibian (laughs) (laughs) okay okay let's do a lightning round of these next ones okay you ready what books movies aside from Barbie which is god I think you'll find goddess tier um should people watch to better understand the female perspective slash experience lightning rounds watch film episodes for your list there you go (laughs) 
yes. yeah watch those watch those yes. movies right um Perfect. i have a movie I have a movie. Sorry, when I, boop was my like buzzer sound. That's my buzzer sound. <laughs> the lightning round. Um, good luck to you, Leo Grande. Oh yeah, that was a good one. I um, just talked about that for yes. For I know. <laughs> it's coming out. Allison being like, it's coming finally, out in December. New I episode. Yeah. yeah, with four women talking about it. So that's yes, a good one. That's that's what we want. That's what we want because I watched it. Um, I watched it with my mom because we were just like, oh, let's stick this on. And by the end of it, I was blown away because it's all about female pleasure, mm-hmm. and and the ending is perfect in my in my eye. Like I think the ending was exceptional because, but yeah. So it's it's What's all it about. Called? Uh, good luck, Le- good luck to you, Leo Grande. It's starring Emma Thompson, and I can't, I don't know his name off the top of my head, but um, it's Man, very enjoyable. I would just suggest watching films directed and written by women. Yeah. Um, and giving them as much space as you give films that are directed by men, um, mm-hmm. and taking them just as seriously. And um, I just think in critical spaces in general films media that's made by non-white straight cis men is judged as like specialty or niche and i think if we can reframe it and think about these are films they're important watch them Mm -hmm. Uh, we need to reframe and we need to sort of like abolish the canon and reconsider um what films are important and why because the canon is essentially straight cis white dudes and i would add to that not just films not just tv music music Mm. all you music people out there all you Mm. hip-hop heads classic rock bands there are so many women making music if you love music and you find that your playlists are like 75 percent or more men spend some time listening to women read books by women listen to our episodes that's all i've got yeah, listen, listen to us. Done. <laughs> <laughs> my the first thing that came into my head, well, apart from films, but you've all covered films, um, is the book Invisible Women by I'm going to butcher this pronunciation. I practice pronunciate pronouncing people's <laughs> names a lot, and it's still I'm terrible at it. Uh, by Caroline Corrado Perez. Uh, it's absolutely amazing. Uh, I think it's really informative for people starting out on their feminist journey and for men and for those of us who, you know, have been on it for a long time because it starts clicking things together in your head. And it's just absolutely amazing, you know, and it covers some little things about how seatbelts in cars aren't designed from women to some which is a huge issue. And I was about to say some even bigger issues, but, you know, from from the small (laughs) things to the big things. Um, and not only is the research incredible, but it's actually an enjoyable read. I don't know if enjoyable is the right word, but I was going to say entertaining, but it's also not entertaining, realising how the world is not built for us. But you know what I mean. It, illuminating. Thank you. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> okay, so what is your favourite thing about being a woman in 2023? Female. <laughs> female friendship sorry I just stopped I paused after the word female like female it's just female. finished um female friendships um I just went on I just went on holiday and the first seven days of it was a girl's trip and I re I I I forgot how good a girl's trip could be 
like we had so many heart to hearts like i i think i i i have i have some wonderful wonderful friends who i know that i could literally pour my my darkest fears to because that's what i did a lot on this on it like we had so many heart to hearts i could literally pour my dark the darkest depths of my soul to them and they'll like pull up a chair sit down you know they'll listen they'll they'll, they'll make me feel like seen they'll they'll even work through things with me like and and i'll i'll just feel so much I, i'll just so i'll just feel so good afterwards and i just for the men who are in my life and I know this is not the same for all men but I think the men who are in my life I just don't I just don't think they have the, that same that same level of friendship um like and and I think that's a real shame so yeah that is a great answer <laughs> so hard yeah. so hard to <laughs> so hard to follow that up um I uh... I'm torn. One is all the things that I'm working on creatively with women, which is adjacent to female friendship, but I'm just going to say it's different. All the creative collaborations that I now have given like the space in my life where I'm not trying to like make a bunch of people who don't give a shit about what I say care, which is such a fruitless endeavor. And I spent so much time being like, and I, and I think this has to do with the canon. Apparently I'm on an ivory tower rant. Um, you know, I went to grad school. I got an MFA. Most of my time spent there was how to make my voice appealing to the audience. And we all know the default audience is straight, cis, white, <clears throat> body, men. So that is not my voice. Surprise. And I'm grateful that I'm not trying to do that anymore and that I have found all of you my filmmaking friends, my writing friend, like, and they're almost all women and they are my audience and they're the people that I'm interested in hearing what they have to say. And that has been life-changing for me. Mm -hmm. I, I now I'm just like, oh, I'm not seeing Killers of the Flower Moon because I don't like Martin Scorsese and it's three and a half hours long and I'm never going to get that time back. And I've already given this <laughs> man too many hours of my life. And I don't care anymore. Um, so that I can just say that without feeling like I need to apologize. His movies aren't for me. And that's okay. I don't want to see them. So that for me is like, I have like taking back my power by saying, I don't want to see that. You can all go talk about it all you want. Enjoy. I'm not going to see it. And I'm just using that because it just came out. It's an example, but Martin Scorsese just across the board. I don't care. Yes, one more person who agrees with me. <laughs> I'm not alone, <laughs> and Aid as well. Yes, I'm gonna make all of you agree with me. Half hour movie is self indulgent, don't you it's think? It's such oh, trash. Three honestly. and a half hours. Can you imagine? Like, can you imagine, Tanya, if you showed up with a three and a half hour right script to a producer? Exactly. They would be like cut two hours and then yeah. come back. Yeah, if they even looked at it. That well, that, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is assuming I, they would give you a meeting, which yeah. is I know a huge like we have to get the meeting first. But yeah, <laughs> and it's still centered on the white male experience. Yeah, like and that's the thing that also infuriates me. Yes, it's an indigenous story, but it's still about it's not, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah, and yeah. and 
just on the back of that, that's one of my things. I mean, my my blase answer was witchcraft and witches. It's <laughs> a good answer. <laughs> but uh, but also, and you know, and I mean, it's sad that it's like tiny crumbs, but getting more female-led stuff made, books, yeah. films, music, TV shows getting more diverse voices, having more complex female characters. And complex isn't, oh, I'm recovering from some trauma, actual complex female characters, dislikable female characters, um, having women of colour in major roles, you know, all of this, all of this is for the still just a small amount and it's not enough, but it's finally in our media and on our screens, in our video games, in our books, in our comic books. And I'm holding on to those crumbs because for me, they're going to turn into something bigger. What what gets big out of a crumb? Nothing. I need a better analogy, don't I? Uh, <laughs> snowball, snowball, snowball. Snowball, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree with you, Rhea. It's like there's so much more support for women's ideas than there used to be. They are, it's, it's still not enough. It's still small, but progress is being made. You, There is hope. You can see things are happening. We can be a part of a group like this. I can be a part of my writing coven unapologetically. It's not like, oh, you're a part of a, like, what are you, like witches and stuff? So what if we are? You know, it's like, it's not, it's not a problem. That we can unapologetically proclaim our involvement with women's groups without it being a thing. And I appreciate that. And then there's also that men are starting to proudly proclaim their feminism without fear of being judged as less than as a result of it. I'm grateful for that progress. I think we can do better. I think we're going to do better. But if we're talking where we are right now, that's my answer. Uh, best part of being a woman in 2023. I second what Tanya and Jess said, and I would add to that technology. I love that I'm sitting here in my room in Arizona talking to you all all over the world, and I can see your faces, and we're just like using the interwebs to put it out into the ether and connect with other people. Like, that's my favorite part of being a human in 2023, I think. Being an artist in 2023, like, Yes, uh, we are going to bring ourselves down with the next question, which <laughs> is, yeah, come on, Mike, uh, which is, what is the worst thing about being a woman in 2023? <laughs> we don't have enough time to cover this one. This has The to world be. is on fire. <laughs> it's so <laughs> on fire. Literally everything. The Can't lack go of for, bodily oh, autonomy. Yeah. yeah. Can't go for a walk or a run anytime after seven o'clock at night unless I am uh, like accompanied by a man who other men don't want to fuck with like I literally like my partner's like please can you take a five minute uber when you get to the nearest tube station so you don't have to do that 15 minute walk in the dark I'd, he's like I'd really appreciate please 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 can you just do that and 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 yeah I'll do it but I'll but I'll be like this is fucking bullshit mm-hmm. also I be able as to if walk an home. uber's safe like I was that, say, yeah right like, yeah. why don't I just never leave yeah. the you know like I get so fucking mad obviously it's not it's not his fault but it's like I I get so mad I can't go running if I go for a run in the winter I have to run up and down the same main street just 
just just to feel slightly less like someone's going to jump out of the bushes and get me. Mine is about the amount of medical issues that I've had to deal this year with both mine and others in my family where the healthcare industry is just completely failing us. And there are too many men in healthcare who are condescending to women about their bodies and how they work. And the idea that their negative influences can do real damage to women who aren't armed with knowledge. Why are you in this industry? Like, why why are there male gynecologists? Like, why? Tell me what it was about this field that made you think that you would be the authority on women's bodies here. What do you get out of this? Because they got scared that it was women-only spaces. It's the same with midwives. They, you know, it was it was like you were keeping a secret for them. Well, but so so midwives used to obviously be women. You were saying there were male midwives. No, (laughs) why? What? That's what gynecology is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Although gynecology is not midwifery, that's for sure. Yeah, Um, that's what they think it is. I know it's so messed up. I mean, the fact that it's like a combined field, right? that it's sort of like all in the same office yeah yeah um yeah and so they're just scared that women had this knowledge and they didn't have it and then they inserted themselves into our space as they always do um and now became experts on us yeah right it's like with the level of technology we have right now we should be beyond where we are with certain issues that people are dealing with for sure the formula industry shouldn't be putting so much money into healthcare that they are trying to actively make people use formula instead of breastfeeding. They shouldn't be lying to new mothers about what the best method is just to get them to try formula or coming up with excuses. Well, just give them formula for the first few days and then you can breastfeed. Guess what? You won't be able to breastfeed if you do that because then your milk won't come in. Right. While they have posters of formula companies all over the wall. Right. And they give it to you when you check out you know, right. the hospital. I mean, I, yeah, I, so I hear, I had my children not in the hospital. I'm one of those. So, um, but yes, they, they do. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it is very upsetting, Tanya. And it's, and it is so linked with our, the lack of bodily autonomy. Yeah, it is. You know, it's, it's all the same. Why are you telling me what's wrong with my body when you're not yeah. even listening to what I'm telling you is happening? Yeah. Right. And it's treating our bodies like they are objects that have babies that nurture, that do whatever, you know, that, that they aren't ours to make decisions, informed decisions about, and that we don't know them better than they do. And I mean, most of my friends who have chronic illness are women. I think almost all of them are. And, and the stories that I hear about them and their caregivers or their doctors, like, just how little they're believed it it circles back to the feminism question like how little they're listened to and how little they're believed and as if you're not the expert on your own body and how it right Mm -hmm. yeah and that's my that's still I mean I feel like we're we're regressing in so many ways but the fact that our bodies are still used both literally within war zones but within political war zones as well and it's that we are not people we are just an object constantly in almost every single situation there's not a situation where we aren't and the lack of freedom that gives you to just exist as a person 
like I'm going through like a real midlife crisis at the moment or as Ada said an awakening um which I much preferred of you know like I don't believe evolution happens for this as I look around the world as it's on fire like I like I, I cannot believe that this is what life is supposed to be <laughs> and we are human beings and half of the world doesn't seem to even acknowledge that it's 2023 like things are quite unquote better and I think I can't get too much into those thoughts because then I'm just really sad but then also I I, I then get invigorated about how we can make changes and we can the smallest changes can make positive things and make the world better but yeah just we're not allowed to just be our own person and human being and it's really fucking depressing Sorry, everyone. Oh, I blame Mike. <laughs> yeah. Blame blame the guy. Yes. And I think also Rhea. Who is so interested in us that he had like 16 questions for us. So I'm, just, I'm just teasing. Mike I adore is Mike. Interested. He's an interested guy. Um, but also it's a backlash, Rhea. You know, mm. like part of the reason all this is happening is because like Tanya says, we are making progress. Yeah. And we are getting our voices heard more. And so that makes some people very uncomfortable and so they want to put us back in the home where we belong you know good luck because we're not going there yeah i'll burn down all those homes all right (laughs) wasn't me i've got an alibi i've got four ladies so do we have any questions about um like you know reptiles amphibians are you obsessed with amphibians and reptiles right now okay (laughs) okay. like hummingbirds i have listened to that just recently <laughs> we've got <laughs> we've got three questions left and they're all three. serious they're all serious <laughs> let's be quick okay come on right oh my gosh <laughs> feminists also have joy <laughs> yes. so much joy it's the only way we keep going keep going <laughs> we don't sit and contemplate these questions we just live with them yeah oh oof. okay um okay <laughs> blake says blake bile says as it's a, always an ongoing process, has there been anything you've been reflecting on recently regarding your unconscious bias that you are working on? An- mm. Another quick and easy one for us, ladies. <laughs> it's a good question, though. It's a great question. I've got one that's I've got I've got an answer ready for that. My I have a lifelong struggle of unconscious bias against myself, and recently I have made some big breakthroughs in terms of like shifting that bias from distinctly negative to far more positive and i think that is fucking awesome yes that's a great answer yes i'm with with ada to be honest that's most of the work is like changing the way i talk to myself the things i expect from myself the believing people when they say nice things that they're not just telling me that to just I don't know make me shut up (laughs) I'm trying to think about why I think people say nice things to me other than that they mean them um so I'm just like oh they're saying nice things because they mean them I've actually made a document I was telling Rhea because she said some nice things to me that I was going to cut and paste them into the document which I did I Um, love that (laughs) because I'm like trying to hoard the good things because I have like all of us do a negative bias and I give those things uh more power in my life and I'm really trying to course correct and and not do that 
the positive things are meaningful. And um, I think that's so brilliant, Ada, to say it that way, that that's the unconscious bias for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I have an email folder that is called battle reinforcements and it's when <laughs> people send compliments that I don't think I deserve, you know, things about my writing or things about a performance I did, just general support that feels undeserved, but I put it there because so frequently I'm the one who's negative on myself. I'm the one, why am I doing this? None of my work matters. Mm -hmm. I'll never be good at it. You know, all of those things. Sometimes I will have a writing rejection that just snowballs into, and I should give up acting too, because it's all related. I just suck at everything, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and though I can't say I really visit the folder very often, I know it's there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the act of just saving it, like just even the act of saying like, this is meaningful to me. Mm -hmm. I am saving this. It's like rewiring my brain that this mm -hmm. thing is meaningful. Exactly. I, I have collected support in one yeah. spot, you know? Yep. Right. And so now, so now I don't know that that's my unconscious bias. No, I, I think, mean, I think mine is something that I've discovered in the last few years is a tendency toward fat phobia. And it's really more aimed at myself, but it was pointed out to me that when I publicly blast myself for temporarily gaining weight, criticizing myself, saying something really, you know, like saying, oh, I feel like a beached whale because I gained five pounds. Look at me. Mm. The people in my life who are on an everyday basis bigger than I am feel extremely insulted by that, mm. which you know, I felt like I'm just attacking myself, but they view it. it. It was said, if that's how you think of yourself, five pounds heavier, what do you think of me every day? Yes. Not my intention at all, but hey, thank you for pointing it out to me. Mm -hmm. And I will work on how I talk about myself because I am putting that out into the world. Thank you for being so like receptive of that. I wish... I wish people were more receptive, were, were more, were, were as, as receptive as that. I really do. Cause I used to, I, I used to be like that as well. I used to, I, I used to be incredibly out like, and I, and I grew up with a mom who has spent a lot of her life in a fat body. And so I, I regret so much of the stuff I used to say in front of my mom so much. Cause I used to be, I used to, I used to have a really, really warped, uh, relationship with my own body I used to constantly like yeah I just so thank you for being like so receptive to that feedback like to to that feedback because it's 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 never easy to get feedback like that from you know the people who are who, who are in our lives but right it's yeah. easy to get defensive when I wasn't talking about you at all you know yes exactly it doesn't mean you didn't hurt someone though yeah but it also doesn't mean that you're not buying into the patriarchal standards of beauty and how women should be and what society puts on us as women and as the only fat person in this group as well I can say who has been different sizes throughout my entire life due to various eating disorders due to various illnesses due to 
actually is being healthy and listening to my body and all of those sort of things like the actual lived experience of all of that is so different to when somebody says oh I've gained five pounds I feel so blur and actually for me where I am I I wouldn't say I practice body neutrality or anything like that but I'm in a much better place with my body and how I feel about my body and listening to my body we should do a feminine fitness episode actually about it that'd be really good I don't always feel affected by those comments anymore because I separate them from me but obviously sometimes I do and lots of people do who have body dysmorphia or are fat and all of those sort of things what it does for me and this is not the experience for everybody I'm not talking for all fat people at all what it does for me is want to go hey let's talk about that Mm -hmm. how do you feel about that why do you think you feel like that and have a discussion about it whereas I totally get why people get upset about it and think oh what is it you think about me because that is what most of society does when we talk about fatness but I feel really comfortable now having those conversations with people and saying hey let's talk a bit more about about that and sort of separating myself from it although I'm treated very very differently as a fat person (laughs) um, than I used to be this is a whole like podcast series that we could do about that uh, so I so I really appreciate that you say that and people have talked to you about it and that you think about it. But I also think it's just wrapped up in so much more that goes on in society. And yeah, I'm sure it has nothing and... to do with years in the modeling and acting industry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And We're influenced and, by that as well. <laughs> and the patriarchy, you know, as it insane. always is. I mean, also Instagram. Really is. Oh, my gosh. Instagram. I was told I had to shave two inches off my hips when I was 16 and it's like that's bone like to do that I would have to remove bone but then also at 16 just how I'm shaped you you would have had grown men wolf whistling at you and shouting at you and it's like how we don't have time (laughs) no I I I love that you shared that Tanya because that's certainly something I've been thinking about a lot um in the past I think raising kids it's a part of it too like what are the messages that I'm passing on um the different (laughs) conversations I've had with my own self about my body and that I don't that body dysmorphia I don't want them to have that um but I ageism is probably something I've been thinking about a lot too um as I approach 50 which feels like really scary to even say which is strange because I'm proud of the fact that I'm about to be 50 I'm still here and I'm still evolving and, but there's so much about trying to act as if we're younger than we are, which I don't understand. Cause no one thinks I'm 25. Like I'm not fooling anyone. Um, and I'm not trying to fool anyone. Cause eesh, I don't want to be 25 again. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, talking about our age and, and, I mean, I live in Los Angeles and I don't judge people who use plastic surgery or injectables or any of those things, but also just thinking about those things. And, and, um, I don't do any of those things and I don't think I will because I'm just not that person. Um, I just don't care enough about like, that's not what I want to spend my money and time on. It's like, this is what I look like. Um, but how are, 
I do think it's related ageism very strongly to, mm. to patriarchy because as men age, we seem to just accept as a society that they are wiser and more powerful and, and distinguished. Yes. Mm-hmm. And women were supposed to go hide, I think somewhere, hide somewhere and die um, or take care of grandchildren or hide somewhere and die. Um, so their value once they are no longer considered yeah, attractive fuckable. enough to have sex with. Right. And I, and so that's part of the reason I'm like, I'm going to turn 50. I still have, I am the happiest I've ever been in my life. I think there is this myth that women become less happy because you don't want to fuck us anymore. And I just feel like (laughs) that's so gross and wrong. Most women really not what we think about on a day-to-day basis. No, in fact, if I still shocker, if I want to have sex, I can have sex. Like this is not something that is just now ended for me. And that's true for pretty much any woman anywhere. Yes. You can find someone at any age, relatively small amount of time, right? At any age. (laughs) It's not because you're married. It's because you're female. No, I, yes. Even if I was single, I would have no trouble. I mean, I don't think like whatever. You wouldn't. You absolutely. I'm fully capable. So anyway, I just feel like Gross. We don't have to try at all. That's no, the thing. and I just want to say, <laughs> like, I have a whole I life that's not about how much you want to have sex with me. Yeah. In fact, how much you want to have sex with me is the annoying part of my life. Yeah, I don't actually care or want to hear about it. Or that gets in the way of all the things, fac- that right? Or factors into right <laughs> my decision-making process of anything ever. So it's like I just want to say, I love the age I am. I love mm-hmm. the body I'm in, and my mind and the things that it is able to do because it is not distracted with whether or not you want to have sex with me or whatever other bullshit I was dealing with at 25. Like this is a gift, this age. And so I'm really trying to be centered on that. And I am definitely a person who, because I've had a lot of loss in my life, especially at a young age, I am a person who is like, I'm still fucking here. Like every birthday that comes, I am like, I'm still here. And I never thought I'd live to be 50 years old. (laughs) I'm going to cry just like talking about it. No way (laughs) did I think I would survive this long. And, but I want it to be not just like, I'm here, like, God damn it, I did it. Like, I also want to enjoy it. And so that I think ageism is really in there. Like I am grateful. Yes. But also I'm joyous. I think that's where we expected the question to go, but I loved it. (laughs) I think we should move on to the next one because that was amazing. Um, I don't know if you've heard of this person, but their name is Tonya Todd. And they submitted a question to their own podcast. (laughs) What a good A student, A plus student, Tonya. That'll... In your folder, yeah. Yeah. A plus. (laughs) So I think you should ask this question, Tonya. All right, well, let me look it up. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, what question? When did I do this? (laughs) Which one Femme On episode recorded by our co-hosts is our favorite? And I'll go first. Hand flex, baby. (laughs) (laughs) That was a fun one. Fine cut with Rhea and Allison. That that came out on a day where I did not have. It was a Tuesday. You know I don't have time on Tuesdays. 
I don't I didn't know that you guys were doing this episode. I did not have time to listen to that episode, but when I saw the topic, because you know, I subscribe to my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh no, I'll just listen to the beginning. Oh yeah, no, I'm listening. <laughs> we're gonna talk about Mr. Darcy and the hand flex. Thank you very much. The best version of Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> it is it is. I'm gonna cheat and choose one from each of the main shows because I don't think it's fair. So I do get to listen to all of them. Um, so Femon Creatives is the Dr. Ingrid Clayton episode with Alison because I genuinely think it's changed my life. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and I think about it on a regular basis. Active activ- activism was so, so difficult to choose, but the one that sticks with me is So She Slays. Um, again it's another one I think about all the time literature for life when breath becomes air because since you did that episode Jess I see that book everywhere and people talking about it everywhere and I'm like I have to read that book I also thought it was a really fulfilling conversation fine cut is a bit difficult for me um, because I've got two that I'm trying to break it down into but I think it was the Brian Holdman one about Wham and George Michael because I cried so many times and I think it's not necessarily an obvious choice for people to choose and I thought it was a really moving conversation um and then the final one which I really want to shout out which had me just like in bits in my kitchen and Ada knows this, was Ada's latest episode, which was just Ada and herself talking about banned books. And I sort of, there was something so sensory about it. And so the world just kind of went still around me whilst I was listening to it. And I think it was incredibly powerful. So I love all of your episodes, obviously, but I would say they're probably the ones that stay with me the most. Thank that you was... for all the work you do listening to all of them. Mm, yeah. It's yeah. Awesome privilege. Actively, not just like, okay, it's recorded. Let me just throw it up. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Right. Your work is very much appreciated, Rhea. Thank you so much for listening to them all. And also thank you for giving that wonderful answer because my answer was like, oh my God, I can't remember. <laughs> I have an answer that just... I've listened to. <laughs> I have an answer if you want to think, or do you want to answer? Or is that your answer? Um well, my answer was I, I genuinely can't remember a lot of what I've listened to. I think it's a, I think it's like a severe memory issue. I can't remember the books I've read or anything. But I I have recently I listened to the band books, a few of the band books episodes, and and then I um I listened to them and I was like, wow, that's amazing. And then I was in bed late at night and I just felt that the urge to like write like write down what was in my head and I wrote like a bunch of pages on on banned books just based on what I learned from those episodes and so I just wanted to say thank you and they were and they were those conversations were were awesome and gave me a lot of uh it it gave me a lot of food for thought I love that series that's so incredible because you guys wouldn't even you wouldn't hear them if you weren't supportive in my endeavor to put out this type of content you could have been like that's great do that on your own you know (laughs) and instead you're like how can we help how about we devote an entire week to it here we bump all of our shows aside we schedule around it and we'll even show up on your episodes like you guys were so amazing 
Jess, you have to do it next year. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I was so thrilled that it was going to be a part of Femon. Yeah, I was a fan of it last year. It's like, wow, this is incredible. It's such a, it's just such a celebration of, of literature and of the power of words. And bringing people together to have difficult yeah. conversations mm. because not everyone on these shows agrees. Right. Mm. We did on mine both times. <laughs> my favorite I'm just I'm picky I really loved a lot too and Rhea did a good job and I did not do such an impressive answer as Rhea I'm gonna say um, active activism with Tanya and Sarah J. Cole because Sarah is a friend of mine who I love very much and I her democracy her um, program I've been a supporter of it but listening to this episode got me to sign up to be a mentor and that's fantastic yeah and I am a mentor now to this amazing woman and and I wouldn't have done it if I hadn't gotten the push you know so I I'm just like oh wow I (laughs) I'm a huge fan of Sarah and Tanya's I but I support democracy but I hadn't thought I I had something I could do other than write a check so I appreciated the episode because it was like, anyone can be a mentor. And so then I signed up and I am. So. And thank you for being a mentor. Yeah, it's amazing. It's such a great program. I feel all guilty. Mine was a <laughs> just a delicious, delightful pleasure. What are you talking about? It's an amazing episode. Yeah, exactly. It's all these like... thought-provoking episodes and I'm like, the <laughs> <laughs> It was I so mean... fun to talk about though. Rhea and I could have talked about it for like hours, which is inc- like the power of media yes you know, one moment and then we did an entire episode yeah. just talking about the yeah. movie yeah and it could have been more than that it could be a whole series <laughs> everything could be a whole that series. was one of my favorites <laughs> the whole pride and prejudice femme on film episode um i love the marta kaufman active activism yes. but and also tanya for a very pleasure-based reason i I've never really been one to get like starstruck by people or like, but every time I I've listened to that episode a few times and every time I'm like, wow, this is my like six degrees from separation. I could be her one day. <laughs> like, like I, I watched friends growing up. I loved it. Like, um, can quote, like most, like most yeah. children with very few TV channels who grew up in the nineties and two thousands, I can quote, quote it endlessly, but like something about that active activism episode that you do with her is just like, it's one of the things that I listen to and I just need a little bit of like an empowerment boost. Cause it's like, Oh yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one I can choose between with um, Sophie Slays. And I think there are just things that the way that she presents these like incredible things that she's done. She's like, Oh, we just sort of like protested for like weeks. And then I got arrested three times. Like, and you're just like, Oh, all right. She's like, yeah, and then it's great. And then the whole cast and crew came she could just be got writing every day. Like that could be her life. And she yeah. does nothing else to help anyone, to serve anyone. But no, she's been in the fight for years, for decades, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Final question. Dun, dun, dun. dun. <laughs> uh, and hey. You don't have to, but let's try and keep this an uplifting one. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Okay. 
Okay. <laughs> this is from Math. Thank you very much, Math. If you could go back to you as a teenager, what advice would you give yourself? Oh, math. Guys. Fuck those guys. <laughs> All of them. Fuck them. Uh, you do uh, you and fuck those guys I literally yeah. say that all the time to a lot of people when they tell me something upsetting I say fuck those guys and recently someone said to me that's not that helpful I can't actually just like ignore them completely I'm like no it's a it's a way of being yeah it's an it's attitude not that you're actually going to like do anything it's just like that's their shit and that's what I wish I could go back to my teenage self and say that's their shit you are great you are fighter you are still here you are wonderful just keep going fuck those guys and and for everyone who says you're a man hater because you're saying fuck those guys fuck those guys yeah Love absolutely it. um okay i have i actually have a couple i'd say your body is trying to give you life is is giving you life and carrying you through this wheel stop trying to make it so small mm. you're gonna you're gonna do just fine don't worry about what other what others think of you and also hug your mother more because she is she is silently struggling and she does not want you to know and you are going to regret every you are going to regret that you didn't figure out sooner um it's kind of it's it's along the line of allison's but uh (laughs) not surprising (laughs) shot um (laughs) take up space take up more space take up your space stop letting people take your space away from you have more faith in your own voice it matters don't change yourself or take up less space for other people because i definitely did that and it's bullshit yeah absolutely such a waste of energy bullshit. right it's such a waste of energy and like just letting other people take my power away from me enough yep. things take my power away from me as it is I shouldn't let other people do it and again it's like it's not really sort of like oh go out and save for your pension type advice but actually it's <laughs> I mean please do that um <laughs> but it's how I feel now and my life your first paycheck started Roth IRA <laughs> <laughs> like my life that is too. better because I don't give a shit about these things anymore and one of the things I'm trying to teach my kid is don't do things or be with people who take away your joy they yeah. don't deserve your time and that is a life lesson I wish I had known as a teenager because I let people take away my joy so much I gave and it so, away yeah yeah actually yeah I think you're probably right I mean I gave, gave it, away. it away it was like oh wow yeah. you like me I'll bend myself into this pretzel shape for you yeah. to keep liking me you know I oh. and I had like some really shitty times as a teenager life was really oh. not good Same. and I just yeah and I just think I wish I'd had me now to come back and say to me hey it's okay you're good you're gonna be okay but don't let these people make it worse for you Stop giving it away. I love that. Stop giving it away. So don't fucking deserve it. It is so hard being a teenager. I just want to say Oh, that yeah. Oh, my loud. God. It's awful. What is even if people I went who back say... and gave my teenager advice, I'm sure my teenager would be like, go fuck yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to do that. By the way, I'm just trying to, like, make it through Goodbye. the day without just, like, oh, yeah. a yeah. crying mess of just sadness. 
What is it with yeah, people, people who, who say like they want? <laughs> like people are like, oh, I'd love like to go back to being a teenager. Yes, agreed, agreed. These teenagers are working so hard to just exist. Yeah, we need to. And make... Everyone's like they look at their phones too much. We love you, teenagers. Yes. yes, we all look at our phones too much. Yeah, we all look at our phones too much. Teenagers, you're amazing. Life is fucked when you're keep a teenager, going. though. So keep going. It gets better. Yeah. I I could never go back to being that age ever. Could not no. pay me. It gets better. That's something too. I would say to my team, it gets better. Like it is not. People are telling you this is the best time in your life, and no. those people are so fucking. Strange. It's not. It is not. It's the worst. I've got three things. <laughs> I would tell my teenage self. <laughs> but yes, I have a top three list for my teenage self. I just did this. Um, you've got a long time ahead of you to be an adult. So maybe try being a kid. You don't have to work and support your family right now. Um, because that's someone else's job. Mm-hmm. No is a complete sentence. Doctors don't know more about your body than you do. Mm. Yeah. No is a complete sentence. That's that's really powerful. And Thank you, Tony Holt. When you're a teenager, man. <laughs> it's like nobody believes you about your body right. when you're a teenager. Nobody believes you about anything when you're a teenager. That's part yeah. of the reason it's so difficult to be a teenager. People are so quick to dismiss anything you have to say. Well, you don't know. And you start dismissing it yourself. Yeah. Someone said to me about their teenager recently like oh well you can't you can't trust what they say because you know what they're like they're 15 mm-hmm. and I was obviously it's me so it didn't go down particularly well but so I measured my response weight, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I did measure my response and I was like well maybe with the yardstick that you whacked them <laughs> with <laughs> <laughs> it was like oh. it's your child your teacher teacher Send, oh you know you know what 15 year olds are like you clearly have no fucking how many 15 year olds do you know like i can't believe it a lot personally lots tons yeah yeah good um, everyone go make some 15 year old friends <laughs> not in a creepy way just know them um and i just want to say too like these kids like they have the weight of the world on their shoulders yeah and everyone's like, I just love the young people. Either they hate young people or they think the young people are going to save us all. And it's like, can they just be humans? <laughs> like, they're not pieces of shit. They're not saviors. They're just people trying to figure it out. And it's hard to figure yeah. it out. I'm still working on it. And I would say all of these things to my 15-year-old self, right? And she would be like, okay, we get it. But yeah. <laughs> I, would still, <laughs> I would still try to tell her. And she'd be like, ugh. Yeah. But, 15-year-old me would find... 40 odd me absolutely intolerable oh really yeah she'd be she'd be like can you stop giving me life advice I've I've been I've been through quite a lot actually like a 15 year old 15 odd me would be like I've been through quite a lot I don't need you 40 year old telling me about it I'm just sort of surviving and getting on with it but then when I got to this age I want to say I think she (laughs) might find your advice intolerable because just shoot, it's advice. But I want to say that I think 15-year-old you would be blown away by you and the life oh, that you've built thanks. for yourself and how you make choices and how you stand up for yourself and the person that you are every day. Well, don't make me cry. That's what I think. You probably I think, think at first, you. I could never be that strong and amazing, but yep. you will plant the seeds so that yep. she absolutely is. I yep. like that. I yep. like that a lot. I like that. 
Thanks, you did guys. it. You're here. Tanya, what's your life? Yes, Tanya, sorry. Talking constantly. What's your right. I <laughs> I would go back and tell myself to embrace my inner queen. Mm. To know that none of my dreams were truly beyond my reach. Because there were so many things that I thought were not for someone like me that, oh, yeah, that's a great idea and all, but not for you. Like people like you don't get to do that. So embrace my inner strength, know my value, know that it is not okay for people to touch you without permission and to not settle for anyone or anything. This is all wonderful advice. Yeah. For for almost 50-year-old me and 15-year-old Yeah. Me, so. This is a good one to end on. Thanks. Go Matt. back and give her her first tiara. <laughs> yes! Everyone should have a tiara. <laughs> I, ge- I genuinely believe that, everybody. No matter who you are. Men, women, non-binary. We should all have a tiara. We all deserve a tiara. Because they're amazing. But to be fair, crowns really are heavy. <laughs> they are so uncomfortable. They, so they actually give me a headache, which yes. I hate to admit. Yes. <laughs> I agree. I've tried uh, on some really gorgeous ones and I'm like, thank you. That was lovely. I'm done. 30 seconds. Oh, oh you can take them right out of your hair. Interesting. They like <laughs> yeah, that was my, that was my humble brag. I just put them on and then I take them right off. <laughs> it's like, ah, <laughs> all right. I need people. <laughs> oh, thank you well, so much. This has much. been a therapeutic session about what it is to be me today. So thanks for all these yes. questions, everyone. My amazing. goodness. Yeah. Thank you so much for your questions. And as always, thank you for listening. As Alison always says, we know there's lots of different things for you to listen to. And you taking the time to listen to this is amazing. And just on our 100th episode, once again, I'm so honoured that I get to spend this time with you amazing, amazing women. And even if no one listens or just us listens to it, this episode, it doesn't matter because every moment I spend with you makes my life and therefore the world a better place. So thank you for 100 episodes. You're also amazing. Your content's amazing. Listen to us. Subscribe to all of our amazing podcasts. Go listen to all of our favorite ones we've just talked about. Follow us on Instagram. Subscribe. Leave reviews. All of those things. And we're going to off, go off and make the world even more wonderful. Thank you. Everyone, and thank you, yeah. Rhea. I think can we all we all want to thank Rhea. So let's yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much thank Rhea, you, Rhea. for bringing thank us you, together Rhea. and for doing all the work behind the scenes yes. that is not glamorous, but it, you get the job done and you make yeah. it look easy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you.